What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. This week, we're going to be talking about the 12 fights on the Tarukian versus Gamrot card going down this weekend from the UFC Apex. Ozzy, how we doing this week, my man? Pretty good. I'm in. I'm back. I'm back training. I'm back in full swing. I got. I threw out my back today, but it's all good. You know, just uh, just uh, the first step on the uh, on the road to uh, to peak performance. Um, but yeah, you know, good uh, back to back. I guess fight night events here. I like now that there's like a a flow that the UFC has. Like now, it looks like almost monthly they're gonna have that we'll have a uh, fight night event outside uh, the Apex. So I, I like that a little traveling. Uh, show that they got going on and it usually brings the uh the better ufc cards like we saw last week when there is a crowd damn i hope you're not getting old on us ozzy throwing out your back is, what is it your first your first few days back at jujitsu is that why uh i mean i've thrown my back out before like deadlifting and stuff that was, actually my last fight mma fight that i ever you know was scheduled for i threw out my back like maybe meh, like 18, 18, 20 days before, like a uh, squad. It was actually not deadlifting, it was squatting. So no, it's happened to me multiple times before. So I don't know what it is, but I'll be, I'll be good. It's all good. Probably a uh, poor deadlifting form. If you ever need some tips, hit me up. Yeah, I, um, I, I pulled um, four twenty five. So that's like f- what four of you. That's pretty um, good. That was pretty good. I was like yeah, one sixty five. That was a pretty good. I pull. think five. That was a pretty good pull. Yeah, we'll work on that technique. We'll get you uh, back in, uh, you know, fighting shape. But um, pretty good card this week. Last week's card, it, it was a, a good card. A lot of finishes, a lot of knockouts. Um, but uh, I did manage to lose on it. Um, few bad bets, you know, few uh, few that didn't really go our way. Garam uh, being the most uh, controversial one for sure. But uh, you know, obviously some pretty bad bets on Jasmine. On um, Kelly was no value. Tim Means no value. Um, and uh, the Duran win Hoss fight, you know, no value in that going the distance. And then Dawkins no scorecards uh, fucked me pretty badly. But um, yeah, um, Ozzy, how'd you do? So I dropped the unit. I mean, it's funny how I found a way to drop the unit. I mean, it just it was just dumb. Like I had most of the good reads. I should have just been a little bit heavier. Like I made Robocop my biggest bet, um, and that was uh, that. You know, obviously that one easily. Um, and then obviously the best bet obvi- uh, also won the over one and a half in uh, Dariah versus Buckley. But I mean, and I didn't end up tracking uh, Emmett, but I definitely bet Emmett 220, 215. So, you know, mistake on my end. But yeah, just drop the unit, whatever it is what it is. But, you know, if people are tailing the picks last week, you know, Wells, uh, Rodriguez, Buckley, uh, Ramos, like, you know, uh, Emmett, most, m- mostly good women's MMA, you know, L, big L there, but you know, all good overall. I made out, I made out uh, pretty good uh, in the card overall. Good live betting too. Yeah, I, I, I ended up uh, adding on uh, Emmett in main event. I had off a little bit late, but uh, it was definitely a good event for me. Yeah, I, I tailed that Buckley derive over for a straight bet winner, so I appreciate that one. My best bet didn't work out so well. Um, and yeah, a lot of underdogs came through, but you know, uh, we weren't on the the right ones, and um, the decisions that were bad. I mean, I thought all three close decisions were bad. Last thing I'll say is, yeah, I thought Gloria won, I thought Cater won, and I thought Garan won. So, uh, you know, these judges, man, they're, it's getting it's getting bad out there. We're talking about it every week. There's apparently going to be a meeting about judging coming up in the next couple of weeks, and maybe we see some improvement out of that. But man, it's been rough out there lately with these decisions. So. Tread lightly if you think these fights are going to go to decision. 
But that's enough about last week. Let's get into these fights this week. We got 12 of them from the Apex back in the small cage. First fight, women's strawweight division. Vanessa Demopoulos taking on Jin Yu Fry. Fry is the favorite, minus 225. Demopoulos plus 190 on the comeback. So, you know, we're done with chalk at women's MMA. Ozzy and I made a blood pack. You know how, like, the Italians used to induct themselves in the mob? They cut their hand and, like, you know, shake their hand with the blood and everything. Ozzy did. Ozzy and I did one of them. We're not letting each other bet women's MMA past minus 200. And we're going to make it our life's mission to, uh, you know, pass that lesson along to our friends, too. We're not letting each other bet. Women's MMA pass minus 200. Too many sins have been committed. So there's no option to bet Ginny Fry in this fight, even though she is the more technical fighter. Probably is the better striker wrestler here. But Demopolis has a way of, you know, pulling wins out of ass. And, you know, maybe that's a state, uh, you know, something she's mastered in her other job, her other profession. Uh, but, you know, she knows how to submit people. She knows uh, how to win fights in, you know, pretty stupid fashion, which is great for women's MMA. And I actually do have a bet on this fight. I have oh, a bet no. On the no sport. <laughs> yes, yes. But, uh, this is a bet we were talking about uh, on Chadley's space last night. Demopolis, no scorecards, plus 175. I just, I mean, Jinyu Fry is not finishing anybody. And I think that if anybody's finishing the fight, it's Demopolis. There's a a super high chance this bet just gets refunded and it doesn't win. But in the rare case of any of these women finishing the fight, I think it will be Demopolis with some stupid submissions. So I'm happy to to roll with that. And that's enough with that fight. Ozzy, any, uh, any betting angle for you here? This fight is such a clear pass that uh, it shouldn't have even been, you know, put together. I mean, you know, the main thing is that Vanessa Demopoulos is crazy tough, right? She's very, very tough, okay? And she's getting some action on her. This thing was gone from 235 literally, like, two days ago to 190 now. So people like it. But, like, I <laughs> I just don't I, – I can't invest in this fight. Like, you can't do it. I mean, the fact that Jin Yu Fry sub is – cheaper than uh demopolis sub is crazy so i mean if you want to bet the submission line go ahead but i mean it's selling you like with the over like yeah you can't even bet the over in this fight because if something dumb happens and like you said your bet cashes like how are you gonna feel good about laying that kind of chalk like no way so i mean i'm not even gonna watch this fight like for me the card start whenever they say the card starts it starts half an hour after that personally no disrespect to these women but uh, nobody gives a fuck about either of these girls fighting anybody. But I will say, uh, Frey or Demopolis, like, she's fighting Frey, who's a 105-er. So maybe, you know, a former 105-er. So maybe she has a little bit more success than in some of her other fights. But then again, she got held down by McKenna, you know, who's a 105 hobbit. But hopefully she doesn't bust out any cartwheels in this one. But yeah, definitely pass, pass, pass. God bless you, though. I don't know. I think I think I see an investment opportunity. You can't pass that up. And as we learned last week, Maria Oliveira, you don't have to be the better fighter. You just have to be enthusiastic to win these, you know, women's MMA decisions. So that's on the table here. It really is. Um, that's All enough right. about that fight. Um, uh, you're about to give me, you know, the the curtain call on that one. Bantamweight division, Batista Kelleher. Uh, Batista's the favorite, minus 170. Boom, Kelleher, plus 145. So, New York guy, Kelleher, you got, you got any faith in the underdog, Ozzy? Earlier in the week, I was thinking Kelleher was a good play. And, you know, watching that parent fight, you know, or thinking about the parent fight, was kind of thinking that, uh, obviously, Brian Kelleher is another level, you know, from parent. You know, obviously, you know, 
power with the hands has shown wrestling at 135, you know, good guillotine, good submission game, you know, all that. But, you know, when you kind of take into consideration the fact that Kelleher does not like going down to 135, I think the Parlarde fight was the only fight that was at, actually at 135. The conditioning and cardio and the ability to mix it up and the elbow game that is sweeping the nation, sweeping MMA gyms left and right um, that, that uh, Bautista showed, it kind of made me bearish on Kelleher just because, I mean, the guy definitely tires out. Um, if he can't, like, if he can't uh, land punches in the pocket, his his offense from there is not very uh, very effective, right? He doesn't really have that much of a kick game, um, and he'd have to rely on you know consistently wrestling a guy like Batista. But Batista is pretty athletic. I feel pretty agile. Does not uh, accept you know kind of just getting grinded out, um, and I think we'll, we'll, would will make it difficult for uh, Kelleher to want to grapple. And then on the feet. Just more diverse, like I said, the clinch game. You know, he's 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 good with the elbows. He's got good kicks as well, um, and he's got some you know some punches as well. So you know, I'm kind of thinking that um, that Kelleher's going to take the L here. You know, I'm not very confident in him. Even Kevin Kroom was like outlanding him at distance, which is never a good sign. But yeah, just see you know, Batista. You know, he got clipped by Trevin Jones, and I was fading uh, Batista there. But, you know, Trevin Jones, Southpaw, uh, I think it, it was a close fight overall up until there. And Kelleher, even though he he's you proclaim, you know, have to have good power, you know, when he does go down to 135 and as the fight does play out, you know, I don't think he's going to be cracking this Mexican chin. And um, I don't really trust him in decisions. So I'll go with Batista for the win. Yeah, I'm in agreement with mostly everything there. Um you you think it's going to decision, right, Ozzy? Is is that what I'm picking up? I mean, I, I think it'd probably go to decision, but I I mean Kelleher, if he starts getting tired and there, you know, Batista in that third round against Perrin was I mean, he wasn't really breathing hard and he was still mixing it up. So I mean I could see a finish, but I would lean towards decision. Yeah, I'm leaning towards decision as well. And especially when you see the price, man. Like this their price in this fight, like the finish is a lot more likely than I give it. Um, and it's a lot more likely. And, you know, sometimes I'm, or most of the time I'm usually wrong when I think it goes, the distance is like 10% off, you know, obviously I'm missing something there, but uh, I just don't see either of these guys as a big finisher. Uh, Bautista was, uh, going against Perrin in his last fight, a short notice guy that he was clearly better than, and just didn't really look to pour it on at any point. He does have those good elbows though, that Ozzy was talking about. So look out for maybe a cut or something like that for Bautista. Um, but you know, Kelleher, like, like Ozzy was saying, was getting outlanded by Kroom. That was a bad sign. And then when he's on top, he was dominating Pilarte in that fight and just never really looked to pass guard or to really pour it on, get a finish there at any point. So I just don't see either guy, you know, being likely to get a finish here. Uh, I, I don't put the, you know, they have the fight ending inside the distance uh, as the mo more likely outcome in this fight. I think that's way wrong. So there is definitely going to be some prop value on these lines. Um, I mean, the GTD straight up or maybe Kelleher decision at plus 450. I mean, they're really discrediting Kelleher's chance to win a decision here. Um, so I, I bet the over in this fight, I think it, you know, it's very likely to head to decision. I, I agree that it should be Bautista, um, but I, I just like the over 135 here. I uh, got like a unit and a half on that. And I think it, you know, it, it should go over barring anything crazy. Next fight, uh, flyweight division here. JP Buys taking on Cody Durden. Really closely lined fight here. Two way action coming in. Buys minus 115, Durden minus 105. So I think, 
you know, a close pick a line is pretty accurate here. I, I've been thinking about this fight a lot, and I, I can't see a super clear edge. Um, I, I don't see a confident pick either. Uh, I'm leaning towards Durden because I think he, he is more durable for one thing. Uh, we have seen uh, buys get hurt a lot lately. I mean, he got dropped three times versus Silva, four times versus Jackson. You know, obviously going through the divorce, you know, Cheyenne changed her last name. He's got to be weighing on him mentally, obviously. And then uh, Durden also, you know, kind became a mockery of the uh, the MMA Twitter after you know getting flying need um, and Mokayev you know kind of serving him a lesson and that was really recently Dirty you know got hit with that flying knee like less than three months ago so he's getting back in there quick and uh, you know I think the grappling here will be really interesting to play out the striking it'll be sloppy I give a slight edge to Durden but man you can't be confident in either one of these guys winning the striking uh, the grappling though I think is going to be really interesting Durden is the better wrestler JP buys has the better jujitsu so I think Durden will hit the takedowns here but I don't think he's going to keep him I think that he's going to be at risk for getting swept or submitted from bottom and that's going to turn the fight into an interesting scramble type of fight back and forth I'm interested to see the cardio dynamic we have see Durden and kind of slow down a little bit. He did get a second wind against Aori to, to pull up that third round, but that was by a real thin margin. I mean, he could have arguably uh, lost that third round and lost that decision, but the judges disagreed. They th he thought he won. So, man, both of these That's guys... another fucking fight. If that fight happens in 2022, there's no way Durden gets that decision win. No chance at all. The guy didn't do anything in round three. What the fuck did he do in round three? That's true. You won that fight. You won that fight by because of fucking Saul Delmato and that bullshit as judging. Yeah, I have no problem giving it to Aori there. Um, infamously, uh, Ozzy would have swept me in three and zero disagreeing picks there, but easily, Durden, easily, Durden pulled off the, the the victory for me there. So that was when I used to get split decisions on on my side. That bro. time is over. This shit, yeah, this shit's bullshit, dude. This split decision thing. Every now, now you before I used to be confident that I'm always getting it. Now it's like we're due. You know, we're due. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that I wasn't gonna get the cool about one. When I ended up betting cool about late. I was like, what the fuck? When they started saying this split decision, yeah, I gotta go on a run soon. Yeah, it's coming. we thought we were getting Guron, but we thought wrong. Um, I really did. I I've heard Dean. Yeah, so I'm go I'm going uh, I'm going Durden with a pick, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, you I really spent don't way see... too much time on that fight when you don't even know what what's gonna happen. I don't see enough of an edge to to go for a bet here. Exactly. Boom. I'm gonna pick up right where you left off. The odds on this fight are entirely accurate because you know Durden he's has horrible striking. And JP Baez is a or Baze, how the fuck he wants, is a fake fighter. Like, I mean, the way the guy turns away from shots, you know, and and kind of he's just a front runner, man. And I could see him front running his way into the mount on Cody Durden or locking up a guillotine or something like that. And you know, some people will say, Oh, Ozzy, but you know, he from Montel, you know, hard 15. Cool, man. I mean, I don't know. That was an outlier. Like, yeah. He he took a few good shots in there and all that. But the thing is, like, Montel, I don't know what to say about Like, the guy doesn't finish anybody. Like, he finished, what's the game? The guy's name? Boom. Schrader. And boom, yeah. But, like, he's got, there's something wrong with him. I don't know what the what the deal with him it is. But either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't really have a pick for this fight. Some guys I know, like JP Bays, not me. I'm not investing in him at all. I'd actually take Durden if I could get plus money. Just because I think he could wrestle better actually when fatigued um but he's just a bonehead like this guy is just low 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 fight iq so he can easily get submitted here by jp bays so i'm gonna pass in this fight 
Um, and 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 yeah, you don't got to pick. You say you got to bet on this fight, no? No, right? but I, I, I'm no, picking. No, no. You, you, it sounds like you're picking Durden too. Gun to your uh, head. I probably would pick the, before... Durden. Yeah, I can't. I don't trust. I mean, he's an idiot, though. I would not bet money on either of these guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no way you can bet on Cody. I'm whatever. Move on. I got to bet in the next fight. I got to pick. Okay, well, we'll go right into that one. Morozov versus Paiva. Paiva is the underdog, plus 112. Morozov, minus 132 as the favorite. What's the pick here? What's the bet? Okay, there's the pick here. All right. So I, I like both these guys, but Paiva's been getting his face smashed. And at 135, like, I'm not sure if 135's for him because I don't know if it's, like, the power. Like, because it, it, the guy has got no defense. Okay, none. Zero. Um, and he's not even that fast. Like usually when I expect like a guy moving up, I expect to see a speed advantage at some point. And I haven't been seeing that at all. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's because he, the guys he's been fighting, you know, are too, you know, fast as well for sure. But like, I haven't seen any benefit from Paiva in his move up other than like, not even the conditioning. Cause yeah, he out cardio Kyler, but he was getting <laughs> destroyed in that fight for the most part. And the thing is Morozov. Uh, is that how you say Moro? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I like him, and I bet him a few times. And last time I got off the train and was fortunate in getting that Douglas win. I mean, Douglas, you know, did his thing there, but you know, wasn't looking good early. But the thing is, Morozov, he just knows what he wants to do. He knows uh, that he wants to get to the, this to the ground, and it's just not hard to get on the hips of uh, Holly and Paiva. Like, this fight is, like, I kind of see it as, like, um, Morozov is a better version of uh, Zumagulov. And he's just going to be able to to box it, Paiva, early, I feel. Paiva is not going to be able to track him down. And when he does get close, I think Morozov is going to have a very, very easy time uh, getting takedowns. And Paiva also, when he looks to get up, like, he just gives so many high-danger opportunities that I feel like I could easily see Morozov with the back. Uh, control like he had against uh, a Taha, I think, on uh, multiple occasions. And at this money line, I think it's very fair. Although it's been like kind of going back and forth. It's been minus 130, then it'll go up to 40, then, you know, some action on Paiva will come back. But I don't see it, man. Like, I definitely, I mean, I'm 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 in on, on Morozov, even though he took a shellacking in his last fight. The guy's pretty durable. He didn't give up at all. I mean, he was getting destroyed there by... Uh, by Douglas at, at some point, but I just feel, you know, in decisions, he's, I mean, Pipe is 14 and two in decisions, which is pretty impressive, but the guy's not winning a decision here. I don't think like Morozov, even with the 2022 judging, like he's going to get dominant positions here on, on Piva, I feel, and get takedowns whenever he wants. Cause Piva doesn't even like make you work for it that much. Like it's just so, so easy to take him down. Like you actually get, that's what happened to Kyler. Kyler got actually tired from the lack of defense by Paiva, it was actually, it, it's astonishing when that happens. But I don't think the same thing is going to happen here. So, yeah, we got a Morozov money line. That is incredible that he's 14 and 1. But, you know, he's got, I'm looking at three splits. He, the, the Zolgas was a razor close fight. A lot of people thought he lost that. And the Kyler Phillips probably should have been a draw. Um, so, you know, there's some, there's some, 
inaccuracies in that for at face level. Uh, I'm in agreement. You know, uh, I mean, the striking has potential to be close, but even at the striking, I might give Morozov the edge. I mean, he's looking aggressive. Paiva has always been kind of a tentative, low volume type of striker. And Paiva did look like he had good defensive grappling down at 125, but he's just not as agile at 135. He's not the same athlete. And I think that, uh, you know, we've seen that defensive grappling look pretty worrisome in a couple of his fights especially the uh, the Kyler Phillips fight. Even when Phillips was starting to tire out in round two there, he was still getting takedowns to control in Paiva. So I feel like Morozov has a good, you know, safety net of getting those takedowns. And he might even look like the favorite in the striking. So, I mean, I think this line is a, a little confusing. I bet Pi Morozov minus 140. And I think, you know, I'm, I might be inclined to add a little more because I, I'm, I'm confused, man. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about their betting Morozov. You know, people in our circle are, are backing him. I'm not sure where this Piva money is coming from, but it, it's starting to concern me a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I got Morozov here and I think, you know, anything under minus, you know, 170 is good. So that's enough about that fight. Um, moving on to the next one, we got 145 TJ Brown taking on Shalinian, uh, that's all I'm calling him. Um, we got TJ Brown as the favorite, minus 190. Shalinian, plus 165. Action coming in on Shalinian. China's been on a good run in MMA lately. The road to the UFC and the past few UFC fights have, have come through, except for Nali Yang, of course. Uh, but, um, Ozzy, it's uh, your turn. To, wait, no. It's my turn to start this one off. God damn it. Uh, I was hoping that you could uh, you could start this one off. I don't really have a whole lot of opinions on this one. I mean, I think that uh, Shalinian is, you know, primarily a grappler. This guy doesn't really look to throw strikes at all. That's a pretty concerning part of his game is he is this, you know, super athletic, you know, jack guy. He looks like a good athlete. He's a decent grappler, but he just doesn't throw strikes. Um, so TJ Brown probably has the edge on the feet. And I do think Brown's probably the better overall grappler as well, but he's also known to make some bonehead moves in the grappling. He's going back down to 145 here. He did beat Charles Rosa on short notice at 155. And Brown at 145, man, just not impressed with me. Obviously got that fortunate decision over Kamaka. Uh, he lost to Danny Chavez, who we learned recently is not that good. And then he obviously got choked out by that pathetic choke to Jordan Griffin. So this dude has just never impressed me at 145. So I'm not interested in laying chalk here at all. It is uh, China or pass. And, you know, with the, the good run that China's been on lately, I don't think the dog shot on uh, Shalinian here is too crazy. So, uh, you know, could could very well see a competitive grappling fight. Uh, any faith in uh, Shalinian here, Ozzy? No, I mean, this fight... I mean, the last time Shalinian fought, yo, so I supposedly I hear that, um, uh, what's the China, what's Shalinian's nickname, dude? Come on. The, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm looking him up. Wolverine? Wolverine. Okay. So Wolverine, apparently he fought Soriano in this last fight and now he's doing his camp at Sanford MMA, and you know Soriano's never getting back into the UFC after that last performance. So, you know, tough double whammy there for him. I mean, insane that Shalinian was, uh, I mean, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> Let me not sugarcoat it, but he's Jack Wolverine, right? I, I assume that's how he got his nickname. He's absolutely jacked, um, and he's one of the most boring fighters on the roster. I don't know. He must, like, be the nephew of G, like, I don't know. Someone's got Dana White by the balls or Mick Maynard, maybe, maybe an easier target. Cause how the hell is this guy in the UFC roster? But either way, 
Um, I honestly feel TJ Brown's going to win this fight pretty easily. You know, it might not look easy at all all moments, but at the end of every round, I feel like you're going to be like, damn, that was kind of like an easy win for TJ Brown. But similarly to Cody Durden, TJ uh, Brown, his, he's got his heads full of rocks as well. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest, he did impress me in his last fight against um, Kamaka because, you know, he... No, it was, it was Rosa. Like, he oh rose was his last fight i don't even remember that fight but the kamaka fight was good because he got dropped you know he got back up he'll get taken down he'll get back up you know and all that um i don't even remember the rosa fight that much um i just remember calf kicks right that happens in every rosa fight um and takedowns that happens in every rosa fight as well and then rosa comes um, back to lose the third to win the third round after losing the first two right yeah he was clearly losing the, the earlier in the fight but yeah, I mean, I I, I feel that uh, Wolverine could probably um, survive until the bell until the bell. So why don't we just take the over or the goes the distance here? So, but I gotta move on from that fight. There's no way I'm not watching this fight either. What like, is the what over? Uh, goes the distance is minus two eighty. Yeah, I mean, I, I, how is it gonna finish? Who's finishing here? Probably maybe Brown sub. Honestly, bro, Brown KO is six fifty. What's his his sub is three twenty. Yeah, there's there's no there's no value. I mean, He's I think it should I think it in. should go over. But these guys, yeah. I'm what looking, submission I'm has looking, he ever fucking done? Uh, he submitted a guy on the uh, contender series, didn't he? With an arm. Oh triangle? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like in the third round. Um, I mean, maybe. All right, I gotta go to the next fight. Come on. But this, I'm looking at pictures of Shalinian, dude. Like, like if people believe that these UFC fighters aren't on steroids. It's like, come on, Stop man! This hating, guy, dude. this guy. Stop I'm, hating. How is that? I love steroids. I love PEDs. Not, I love love steroids. Not on steroids, I dude. He used to be on steroids. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> no, no. You, you got to look at some pictures. No, um, dude. He's not on next fu- next fight. Right, right. You know, when have Chinese fighter or athletes ever been you know known for using PEDs? That's a ridiculous claim. Um, they but, aren't. Next fight, last fight on the prelims, a good one here in the light heavyweight division. We got the Don Tafan Chukwi taking on Carlos Olberg. Really closely lined fight here, except for Tafan's been getting some action today. Minus 125 for Tafan, and we got Olberg at plus 105 now. So, you know, are you in agreement with the steam, Ozzy, or you think uh, you're interested in Olberg now? Hell, hell yeah, that steam is right. I mean... I, they, they, they didn't tell me, you know, I go to a fucking go to the gym for a few hours, go to, you know, have have dinner. And these guys are steaming it without let, letting me know. Um, how dare they? How dare they? But yeah, I mean, I feel it as well. Because, I mean, Oberg, the thing is, this guy does not have enough MMA experience. And even if you want to counter me and say Tafan does not either. Um, I'm going to just tell you that. I mean, I know for a fact Tafan like trains way more than Oberg. Like he just has like a better background and this guy been grinding. So I feel like he just has like more experience actually though. Um, because Oberg, like, I mean, the guy is cute. He's built and uh, he could fight. So they got him, you know, they, they fast tracked him, you know, after, after um, he got into that Izzy camp and all that. Um, but his MMA game is not there. You even see in the time that he is, uh, the time he's on top of, um, Fabio in his last fight, like the guy doesn't even know what he's doing or he doesn't know if he wants to progress position or how to progress position or even if he just wants to strike. Like, if you don't want to play uh, BJJ, cool, but do something on top, you know, drop elbows, drop some punches, kick the leg. I don't know, do something. Point is, 
There's going to be a small cage here. Allberg was circling around way too much last time. You know, Tafan is slow as a slug. Like, this guy, crazy slow. Because he's just so short and compact. But he still has a 77-inch reach on him. Um, he He's consistent with coming forward. Um, and he's actually pretty good with the hand fighting and the parrying and, you know, coming in. Like, he'll switch uh, stances as well, right? He'll sometimes fight softball, sometimes fight orthodox, chops the legs, you know, hits the body. Um, you know, is great in the clinch. And on the ground, he's not bad on the ground. Like, I would be surprised to see him uh, put on one, either put on his back for a prolonged period of time. I just would be surprised at Tafan not winning the grappling when it does happen. So I think the main concern here is high kicks from Allberg, right? He he does do a good job of throwing the high kick out there and the body kick uh, to keep people's uh, people from attacking him all that much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just think that as long as Tafan is good with the hand fighting coming in and doesn't eat a right cross bomb, uh, you know, at, at some point, I think he should be able to chip away at Oberg, hit that body, take him to deep waters, chop at those legs, and win the fight. But now where the odds are going, it's kind of correcting to where it should be. I mean, there's been a ton of steam from plus money to Fon to now, you know, clearly favor to Fon. Um, if it doesn't come back, you know, I, I got a little bit, but if it doesn't come back, I won't, I won't bet it and I'll just watch. But, uh, but yeah, I could see Tafan picking up a late finish here. Um, I just don't think Allberg is overly that great. And uh, and I feel like, I mean, it is a coin flip fight, but I definitely favor Tafan. Yeah, I'm in agreement with most of that there. Um, Tafan is kind of like the, here's a comparison, Ozzy. I'm interested to see if you agree. He's like the Bartolo Cologne of MMA right now. It was like, he's a funny looking guy, but like underneath all that, he, he knows, you know, he's got some skill. Um, I really love like the sound effects that he uses when he throws strikes too. I mean, that's huge, especially in, uh, you know, in the apex this weekend. I think that uh, the, those sound effects will be really good. Um, and then, you know, Oldberg, man, this dude gets hit so much. Like, he has no idea how to avoid punches. It was it was absolutely hilarious how accurate Kennedy and Zetshiku was. I mean, it looked like there were magnets attached to uh, Kennedy's fists and Oldberg's forehead because every punch that he threw would just connect. And Oldberg had no no head movement. He doesn't, you know, really block punches, uh, parry or slip them or anything. I don't know. I don't know if he's working on improving that, but uh, we certainly didn't see any, you know, signs of improvement in the Sharon fight. He just paced himself a little better, which I guess was impressive. Um, I did nail the read on that fight as well. Hit Oldberg decision plus 550. And he clearly was was terrified of gassing out and losing again. And he decided to fight in the most risk adverse uh, you know, way possible. Now he's got a more tough opponent against him, and he's going to have to, you know, up that tempo. He's not going to be able to treat uh, Chukwi like he was Sharon. It's going to be a much closer fight. And uh, if if Chukwi doesn't pressure and he stays at, you know, at length, he's going to get lit up with strikes. I mean, Oberg is longer. He's faster. Uh, he will throw out more pure output. But if Chukwi can put him on the back foot, can pressure him. It's and Chukwi. It's and Chukwi. No, it's, it's just Chukwi. There's no, I, I, I have oh, a, I have a silent letter in my name too. I think I know it's, I'm pretty sure it's Chukwi. Um, but anyway, no, 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 I don't think so. Um, we'll, we'll see this weekend though. And Anik will help us out. Um, so 
I see Chuki getting him on the back foot. He's going to pressure. He's going to mix in that clinch striking. He kind of mixes in some nice knees from the clinch. And if he can make this fight ugly, uh, make that small cage feel small on Olberg, and maybe even mix in a takedown. Don't forget, Chuki hit some takedowns on, on slow Mike Rodriguez in their fight and controlled him for a little bit. So it's not out of the question that Chuki mixes in a takedown here. So I don't even think the striking is that big of an advantage for Olberg here. And that's why I like Chukwe because I think he can make the striking close. Uh, and then he has the grappling upside potentially as well. And I think he's just more comfortable with his pace. He he can go with the 15 minutes at a more comfortable pace. Olberg he knows can't his body. beat Nigerians. That's it. Well, he's he's not he's not from Nigeria. You know. He can't beat Africans. There Africans. you go. What is it? Cameroon. That's yeah. I still think that counts. You sure? Um, I, I don't think he can beat them. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a holiday pretty recently that has been, you know, you know, going well um, for for, uh, you know, one demographic of people. So uh, with that being said, <laughs> that was a good I'm one taking... last week. That was a, that was a good one last week, dude. That's that that Juneteenth shit was rolling. That shit was good. Yeah. It was. We got. Well, I mean, we really got to, you know, identify these fucking. Ah, I love these things. All right, let's go. Come on. <laughs> uh, I got Chukwe money line. Uh, I got in earlier today. Ozzy missed the message. I fucking. I, I sent him the information, but you know he missed it. I got in minus one hundred four. Um. So, uh, enough about that. Main card time. We got Hadolfo Vieira taking on Chris Curtis. Um. We have Curtis is the favorite here, minus 123. Vieira, plus 103. Steam coming in on Hadolfo Vieira here. You know, super grappler versus striker matchup we got going on here. Uh, Chris Curtis, uh, been having a lot of success in the UFC. Uh, very, you know, uh, happy to be wrong about my original assessment of him. Very, very wrong. But this is a, very wrong. Yeah, this is, a, this is a whole new matchup. You know, it, it's a matchup that, it, that uh, he's going to be facing, uh, you know, a dedicated grappler. Unlike guys like Hawes and, and Allen, who, uh, you know, are, are more content to stay at that striking range. They they paid the, a, a severe mistake for that, thinking they could box with Chris Curtis. They both got hurt. And Vieira will get hurt if he stays at range here as well. But uh, Vieira's last fight against Stolfitz, it was a while ago. But I saw clear improvements. I mean, his jab, uh, his cardio, his energy usage and management was all better. I mean, it's undeniable that he looked a lot better in that fight. Now, it was against Stolzwitz, who's not a great opponent, but I th good writing on the wall from Vieira there. I mean, uh, I was skeptical about this guy's progression, but this last fight, I thought, you know, was a good step in the right direction. And now, talking about Curtis's defensive grappling, he has been taken down and controlled before uh, at a lower weight class as well. You know, remember, he fought a lot at 170. Magomed, Kar Magomed Karamov was able to outgrapple him a few times in the same year. Imagine that. You like you lose a grappling decision to this guy, and then you got to fight him again like four months later. Imagine, imagine fucking having to fight that guy twice in a year. That's something. Like bullshit. twice within like five months. That's why PFO will never fucking. Yeah, dude, that shit's horrible, um, bro. PFO doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, dude. Yeah, we're going to see some sacrifices on PFL. Should have just done Ray Cooper versus fucking uh, did, Chris did, Curtis. Yeah, well, like, back to, like, I think, I think Cooper might have taken uh, Curtis down as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, but they should have just. Yeah, they fighting. would, they would, you know, produce good fights. Um, so, I mean, I see Vieira as the side here. I mean, how can you be confident in Curtis's takedown defense when he hasn't shown it in so long? I mean, I think this is an easy side. I got him plus 135, CLV up the wazoo, 32 cents right now. You know, just bathing in the CLV uh, so far. So And, and counting, and counting. Yeah, yeah, I'm counting every, Still not every done cent. Yet. I'm counting every cent. Um, 
fucking every but dude the inside the, uh, the inside the distance here is crazy i was thinking oh maybe there'll be good lines on like curtis round two round three knockout nope i mean they're, they're not good they're plus 400 plus 600 are you kidding me uh actually no plus a thousand on, on DraftKings for round three that's that's a line um so i mean the, the dynamic of the fight is clear the, the fight is all about takedown defense and i think that i don't trust curtis's takedown defense i think Vieira. uh you know, even in the Hernandez fight where he lost, he still got Hernandez down and almost had him in an arm triangle. And I think if he gets Curtis in those same positions, he's finishing that arm triangle. So I like Vieira here. I think he'll probably submit him early. Dude. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a great fight. I mean, I don't know why there's some people, like some people that say that they're uh, fans of MMA and stuff. Like they make fun of the middleweight. You, you know these guys, uh, 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 Martian? Like they're always talking shit about the middleweight division. Like, I don't know. It's like a... Like, uh, well, what I'll say is the middleweight, like middle pack, like we've been talking about is way more exciting than like the, the top of the pack. I kind of get it. Like, I'm not excited I to guess. really see Israel fight, but these middle guys, they have really good matchups. Yeah. I mean, these guys, I mean, but you know, the kind the kind of guys that I'm talking about, they just talk shit about the mid, but it, it's kind of weird to me because middleweight, I mean, they got, you know, uh, uh, Hawes, they got Robocop, Brendan Allen, Fluffy, Buckley. Brendan uh, Allen, Bruno Silva, yeah. Chitty Bang Bang, Hudolfo, right? Mark Andre Those are some fucking good ass fighters. But anyway, getting into this fight, I mean, Hudolfo, I'll tell you right now, he holds a very special spot in my heart. And you know what that, that uh, spot is, Martian? I'll tell you a little story here. Responsible for my first five figure win, Hudolfo Vieira, almost 10 years ago. Hadolfo had won two or three times in a row the Jiu-Jitsu World Championships, and he was bumping up a division, right? And I, I look on Bookmaker, and somehow they're offering odds on, this, on the Jiu-Jitsu World. And they got everybody listed. But what they don't have listed is that Hadolfo is moving up a weight class. So they do not have Hadolfo listed anywhere, but they got other at 10 to 1 on, on the weight class that he moved up. He submits everyone, runs through them. Ozzy cashes about twelve grand there on that tournament, and uh, and the rest was history. You know, I used that uh, bankroll allegedly to you know increase from there. But yeah, you know, Hodolfo, you know, this is when we say top tier grappler, like the top is here. Like you know, he put down Anthony Fluffy Hernandez and immediately insta mounts the guy. He 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 sees Dustin Stolzas, you know, trying to get up from bottom half guard in the third round. Jumps on his back like a fucking baboon, you know. Uh, no offense, and just you know wraps up that uh, rear naked choke. Incredible stuff. I mean, the guy's a brick. You know, he's a, a per, he is the original truck on top. I think when I was seeing that guy on top, I was like, man, that would be a bad truck to be under right i just imagine the f-150 you know and just being under all that pressure um but i mean his striking has looked a little bit better but the thing is the guy's just so wound up so tight that i think he should have success here as long as he doesn't like rush it because the thing with curtis is if you saw in that brendan allen fight he's looking to counter and brendan allen is so dumb and bad that he does not realize that every time he throws a jab Curtis literally parries the jab and answers either with a jab of his own, a cross, something. And Brendan Allen's not is how too could dumb. He, how could know. he have known that though? There was no way that Allen could have been prepared for that. I mean, got to give the guy some no. Slack. It's not like he trains with Henry Hooft, right? Yeah. I mean, um, crazy, right? And it's not like it wasn't Brendan Allen the guy that took. No, that was that was his teammate Phil Hawes, who was like, I can't fight this guy on 
one day's notice, he's too deadly. And then Brendan Allen, like he, I mean, whatever. But I mean, it's just, it was just so clear to me, like the way to beat him. But the thing is, Adolfo, he's not that experienced of a striker. But I think he should be able to get in on Curtis whenever he wants. Like, even when, if, let's say this fight goes later, like Curtis survives, like Adolfo's tired, whatever. How much of a physical specimen Hodolfo is, he can still bowl over Chris Curtis at any moment in the fight. I forget what fight it was, but that, you know, what maybe it was the Dustin fight where it was like moments where I thought he was like slowing down and then he like, or maybe it was like in the second round where he gets like a great double. Like, I'm like, damn, this motherfucker is all right. He's looking good. So, I mean, I Pechota. like Hodolfo. Didn't he here. fight Pachota? Yeah, but I don't think it was that fight. I think it was the Dustin fight because the Dustin fight, I mean, it looked sketchy a few times. Like, it really did. And, oh, you know what it was? It was when Hadolfo went for that first back take when and, and uh, Stolcis, like, pushed him off. And then Hadolfo immediately from half guard came up on a single leg. And so that's, like, the main thing here because even if, like, Curtis knocks him down or, like, reverses him, broke, uh, Hadolfo is immediately going to be able to single leg him from on bottom. Like, He's just going to be able to. So, I mean, if you still want to bet him, you know, you got to get this these these plus numbers. But, I mean, he should be the favorite here, Adolfo, for sure, guaranteed. Because, you know, Chris Curtis comes from that Sean Strickland, you know, grappling is stupid. Grappling is not as dumb. So, I mean, with the over one and a half being uh, dog money as well, if favoring the under, they're thinking Curtis is going to get him out of there that quickly. Like, that doesn't happen with Curtis that often, you know. And Hidolfo, I mean, he 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 hasn't gone down from the punches. Like, he probably has a solid chin, dude. Like, honestly, and I don't think he wants to get finished again like uh, Fluffy did. So, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to side with, you know, Hidolfo, obviously. I'm going to, you know, uh, take, take all the profit that I've made off of him and maybe bet a little bit more here or, you know, maybe on the submission line. I don't know. I, I, I got a little Hidolfo, but not as much as I want to. I've just been sleeping a little bit this week, literally. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, Curtis. I don't think he's gonna be able to counter Hidolfo as effectively land his body shots while also avoiding the takedowns. I mean, if he gets taken down, he's gonna give up his back because when he tries to, he's so small and compact that um, when he goes to get up like turtle and stuff, like Hidolfo is gonna get the angle advantage on him and uh, slip around and either pull him back down or take his back or something like that. I'm very confident in that playing out that way. Yeah, and he he definitely has a chin. I mean, remember the kick the year from Sapabek Safarov and then still took him down and choked him out. And I mean, this guy can eat some shit. He, he I think he'll get him down. I think he'll submit him as well. I'm I'm kind of scared of the over under. I think I'm passing on that and just sticking with the money line. I think it could get over quick. Next fight is the uh Bantamweight division. We got the prodigy Umar Umar Nurmagomedov <laughs> taking on Nate Maness. Um Umar is a huge favorite here, minus twelve hundred. Maness plus six fifty. Uh, you know, any faith at all in the huge underdog here, biggest underdog on the car by far, Ozzy. I love to see Nate, you know, you know, throw a cousin Umar a fucking ass whooping. You know, I kind of get annoyed by these uh, Russians that come in that they think they're gonna blow through everybody. But I mean, Umar's pretty well rounded, man. He he could fight from both stances. Um, he's got great kicks. I mean, the kick game on the kid is outstanding, and it's not even like. The flashy kick, like the 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 other one, the Usman. I mean, the the fact that that guy's name is Usman Nurmagomedov is insane. But like, the way he throws kicks is just like more showy and flashy. Like 
Umar has like the perfect, like he uses the kicks perfectly. Like he tries to actually land them um, and throws the ones that are going to be the most effective. But I mean, the, the way that this fight's going to end is, I mean, Nate, he just does not defend grappling that well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mean, we talked to him a little bit on that spaces and he said that he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't fight 145. But I mean, I think if he would go up to 145 and actually try to bulk up a little bit, it would be good for him because this dude's got some skinny ass legs. I mean, he's got good cardio, but I feel like there are some areas where, I mean, I, I just don't think he's like where Bobby Green mentioned Islam getting him to the ground. And he was like, man, like he was so strong. And literally what Bobby Green was like trying to talk about or like the the area he was saying that um, Islam was strong was like his like uh, his like fucking groin like basically he was like yo he was squeezing me to, he was squeezing his knees together from the top mount or some shit and i think the same thing is gonna happen on nate just to bring it back full circle i think uh umar is gonna take him down he's gonna you know pin him down at some point because nate you know nate's not that scrambly like he's not rolling and flipping all around him that much so i think he's gonna tie up the legs with those uh with those uh tight kegels that he has and uh, progressive position and then eventually take his back and probably choke him. Yeah. Um, we talked to Nate Maness on, on spaces, Sean or spaces a few weeks back, you know, cool guy. Me and Ozzy both talked to him, asked him some questions, you know, uh, you know, we'll definitely be rooting for him to have a good career, but I mean, this is a terrible matchup. Ozzy also kind of predicted this. He, uh, Maness said like, yo, I'm, I'm going to be the underdog essentially. And Ozzy said like, I don't know, he might be fighting a Russian and sure enough, He's fighting the yeah. Russian. I'm definitely, I'm definitely betting on Nate in his next fight. Cause what's gonna happen is the reason that I thought that when he said that is like really I don't actually make Nate that much of an underdog versus a lot of guys at 135. The ones that don't grapple. Like he I don't think it's that easy to pick him apart. But this is just an awful matchup, and I think he will be undervalued in his next fight. Yeah, I agree. But uh Maness has had a really rough round one in all three of his fight got lit up by sanders got dropped versus gravely got taken down his back taken mounted smashed the ground and pound versus munoz and you know the munoz fight was all i needed to see i mean munoz is a good wrestler grappler but he was able to take him down he got to the back clinch he got him flat on the mat he got mount he was landing ground and pound i mean he he really dominated him on the mat and i think umar is capable of doing the exact same thing probably in a quicker and more efficient manner and uh, like Ozzy was saying umar's kicks are just next level this guy is really <clears throat> special i just can't can't wait to see this guy continue to fight and i think he's getting him out of here i, I don't uh sean or did present a good thing is is uh munoz was going for the choke but munoz or maness was fighting the choke well and he ended up just spamming ground and pound and the same thing could happen here umar goes for the choke and he can't quite get it so he just decides to pound away i'm thinking this fight is ending quick i think the under one and a half might or probably is going to cash at plus 125 here i mean i, I really think this one is going to end is uh end soon I mean, the goes or the inside the distance is only minus one ninety. I don't know about you, Ozzy. That's sixty five percent for inside the distance. I think it's a lot higher than that. I think it's more like eighty. Um, so, I mean, I think Umar is gonna, you know, make uh, this pretty easy work and get another quick finish in the first uh, round and a half here. Uh, enough about that one. Lightweight division next: Moises versus Yagos. Moises is a minus two forty favorite. Yagos is a plus two hundred five dog. Man, this is fight. This fight is kind of a, a head fuck, honestly. I mean, I think this is you know pretty good matchmaking. 
but I'm not sure how Moises is such a favorite here when this guy just never really puts a stamp on fights. The most like, emphatic win he's had is probably the Alexander Hernandez fight and a fight he was like a two to one dog in. And, you know, he won all three rounds there. But this dude just doesn't pour it on, you know, on the feet. He he throws pretty medium volume. He doesn't really sit down on the shots when he's grappling. He doesn't really look for the finish. He doesn't even proactively grapple that much for being a guy who comes from a gra uh, grappling background. And then his like defensive wrestling, I think, is actually pretty, you know, you know, below average for, from what I'd expect from a grappler of his caliber. So I think Yagu can actually have some wrestling success here. Um, but the thing about Yagos is, is he's kind of a gasser. He does tend to slow down halfway through his fights. And uh, his striking is really ugly, man. It's really basic. It's ugly. I think Moises is the much cleaner striker. And he's going to win the striking here. But it's going to be by the same, you know, jab and, you know, circle and jab and leg kick. It's going to be, you know, non-damaging, non-lethal stuff that Moises is throwing. So I don't think Yagos is necessarily going to gas that heavily at that pace. So... Yagos is live here to hit takedowns. I mean, one takedown in round one for Yagos, and he's going to be like plus 130 uh, in the live line. And, you know, I think Yagos uh, is the side here. I mean, Moises laying chalk after he got destroyed by Alvarez. Come on, man. Get the hell out of here. Um, Yagos is, is not a guy you want a big bet on, but I think he is worth a small stab at over two to one. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I lean Yagos being like good value here but i just don't like the guy just doesn't control fights all that well um my you know tiago's training with my boy grand dawson so you know he's getting some good looks in the gym you know he's working with gamrot too who's on this card probably getting destroyed in that gym <laughs> yeah probably but maybe not as bad as you think because i mean grant does grant's taking moisa i mean it's gonna be grant grant and tiago are gonna be the new colby and Masvidal. That's my prediction for the 155 pound of it. They're going to run that shit. But um, probably not Tiago. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't control fights that well. You know, the thing with Moises is if Moises is trying, I mean, this guy's good. I mean, he's got great skills overall, right? He's got, you know, he throws his kicks. You know, if he's confident, he's, I'm not going to say a top, you know, 10 lightweight, but like is very hard to look good against him and like Yagos, let me see what is this guy um uh in decisions like what what's his deal here uh probably bad i, probably I like know I yeah, like yeah yeah i think it's very bad five and three five oh, okay so he, did win, he did eight win a few three. he's eight and three or whatever that's not bad um better than yeah but the thing is like he's been getting tired i feel and moises like i think the uh more iterations of the fight play out is Yago's tiring out because either Moises is going to have grappling success and if he does or they're going to or is going to make them grapple and if he does I don't think Tiago uh Yagos can keep up the pace and then if that doesn't happen I do think Tiago at some point turns up the pressure on the feet um and starts to look good so what's the over under it is uh, I would guess it's minus 200 oh no it's minus 125 that's it Minus one twenty. So you get pick them for the under, over under. I mean, I mean, I think I don't think Tiago Moises is submitting Yagos that easy. I'm gonna have to think about this one more and, and look at Yagos again on the ground. But I was kind of thinking maybe this goes over, you know, goes the distance. But you know, Yagos 
iffy chin, but he's been at Sanford, I think, longer than his last fight. And I mean, he also, I mean, he has been submitted a number of times, but it's been like, I mean, I don't know. I gotta look at the fight again, but I got no pick. I don't got no. You gotta have a. You gotta have a. Yeah, no, I agree. Picking this fight isn't even worthwhile. I think it's. I'll probably... pick. I'll pick Tiago Moises. By decision, probably, yeah. But I mean, bro, I I didn't really even look at that that over in this fight. But uh, come on, man, who who's finishing this fight under two? See, and Adam a half? hasn't really submitted many anyone good, dude. He doesn't Jeff like to he doesn't like to use his, his and dude. Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like I might I might have to play this over. Dude. And like the thing about it is, he, is Moises' is wrestling is is kind of weak, man. Like, he, like his, oh, his wrestling's not good. Yeah. yeah so how is I mean maybe wrestling. maybe Yaga yeah I guess the 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 most live finish here is probably Yago shooting his own way into a takedown. You know, like or I mean into a submission. Like he shoots and leaves his neck out and gets his I mean, neck snatched. I, I think I'm gonna play the over and then you know if I lose because when these guys does something cool like so be it. Bro, Moises sub is plus two fifteen. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. That, I'm these not, are bad odds. I'm not sure. He's a more he's more of a guy too. Like I think he wants to just get a dub, get a W. So like he might be the kind of guy like he won't go for the submit. Like you yeah, know what he I cruises, mean? Like, man. Let's see, he goes for a guillotine. Like he'll go, he'll try to sweep with it instead or do something like that. So yeah, I might have to take that over. Yeah, I'm, uh, getting a little action. And uh, moving on to the worst fight on the card, worse than Jinu Fry versus Demopolis heavyweight division. Alan Badeau minus one sixteen, Parisian minus one hundred four. Man, what 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 kind of fucking charity fights is the UFC putting together listen, here, Ozzy? Listen, listen, I like. This I actually like this level of heavyweight fight. Honestly, you know, I actually dislike. I actually like this level of heavyweight fight more. I like more than I like like the Rosenstrike kind of level heavyweight fight because, like, <laughs> as funny as that is to say, because like those guys, like the what, what, That's like fair. they That's think they're say. trying to, they're trying to pretend that they're good, like they're relevant. Like you know, fucking Badeau and Parisian aren't relevant, but they're fucking here to throw down. And usually, I mean, Parisian's last fight it wasn't a good fight, but you know this guy's coming to bang, dude. <laughs> like at least, like he's trying to finish the fights. Like I liked his contender series fight, how he did it. Um, you know, Mays fucking <laughs> wrecked him bad, bad, bad. Um, but he was just way too too athletic for him, and I think like. People think that the same thing could happen here in this fight, but just Alan Badoz, he just is not it for me, man. Like, I feel like, yeah, Josh Breeson's not as good as Parker Porter, but like, if he has any conditioning, I think just think he's in, like, I just think this guy's a French fry for anyone with conditioning. So I think Josh Breeson's aside, honestly, I think I'm a bet him as well because I just think he has, he, People could say, like, they think, I don't know. Some people I've seen say that they think uh, Badeau has more skills. But I actually think Josh Parisian is, like, a better MMA fighter overall. And, like, I don't think he has the same, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm going to be betting Josh Parisian this weekend. That's all I'm going to You're say. spitting facts, I, dog. I mean, this, like, like, what you said about that, that like. He's a real heavyweight, but Badeau's a fake fighter, dude. This guy's not real. Well, 
like a, a heavyweight he just I mean, yeah it's like well i mean that was so accurate what you said like, these guys know how bad they are and like the they're, they're, yeah. they're putting they're putting rosenstrike in a fucking main event acting like he's good when we all know that there really isn't much of a difference between Badeau and rosenstrike i mean if they fight exactly if they fight tomorrow like it's competitive um but yeah i mean you now the analysis too parisian based on durability and just like having less quit in him and cardio might win this fight i mean d- do you guys remember Badeau teed off on this guy uh, Nascimento in round one, and then in round two, the same area of the fight where he was dominating, he just starts like melting, and then he's, he's finished within seconds. Like I don't know what the hell happened there. Dude, look at um, but people like, need to remember that before. Hold on, that before the Parker Porter fight, they were like saying like, oh, how you know one of his wins was like a DQ win. It was fake. And, I mean, look at the fucking guys this guy's beat, bro. There's no way he should be pick him here. Like, I think this is actually a gift line on on, on Josh. Like, I yeah. actually do, bro. Well, I, I, I don't do. – I'm not as that – because I think, like, Badeau will box him up for, like, a few minutes. But, like, he will, he he will implode. Sucks, he dude. has – he will implode. But what I'll say, what the only positive I'll, I'll give Bedo is I feel like the guy actually does have an idea how to defend takedowns. Like in the Nascimento fight and the Porter fight, he stuffed some takedowns early on there. But I, I don't even know if Pari- Parisian shouldn't even uh, try to t- take him down here. Um, but um, uh, Parisian, on the other hand, got taken down really easily by Mays. Uh, but uh, Bedo is not taking him down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think Badeau will win round one, and and everyone will think he's looking good. And then, like, like I said, I think he'll probably melt again in these later rounds. I mean, the fact that Parisian Yo, did has... you watch? Did you watch the Parisian Port- Parker Porter fight again? Um, no, I didn't actually. Dude, that fight was uh, a watched... banger, dog. That was a good fight. I remember him. And... He ate, he had a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, they both ate a lot of shit, but that was a banger, dude. And you know, Parker Porter needed takedowns. I mean, the thing, like the downtail maze fight, has guys way too low on, 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 on Parisian. Like on this heavyweight fight, dude, you tell me he can't be fucking Alan Badeau? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, Maze would do the same thing, same exact thing to exactly. Badeau, but to finish him quicker, Easily. way quicker. Um, a, and he was only plus one seventy in that fight against Maze. And then, uh, yeah. So the, what I'm saying is, is Parisian has uh, one around three. He has one around three technically against uh, Rogue Martinez. So that alone shows that he's going to be there for the fight. He's less of a quitter, better cardio. That alone is enough to take him. Um, he's, he's, in a fight this low level, skill doesn't matter. It's about the intangibles. It's about the cardio and the durability and the will. And I think that uh, that's all advantages uh, the American here, Parisian. So. Um, I, I like it. You've convinced me. Maybe I'll throw a little little wager. Not as big of a yeah, wager. Parisian has like almost double the fights, dude. This dude, Alan Bedell's eight and three. He's got eleven fights. Yeah, and and th- this will be uh, Parisian's twentieth. And he's younger than him as well. Look and out! They for, got the same look, reach. Look for a live bet on Parisian here. This will be a good live bet spot. This is dumb. All right, Parisian's co-main, bigger co-main than event him. time. Co-main event time. We got to move on. Ozzy, Ozzy's really excited about Josh Parisian right now. But uh, yeah. we got to move on. Max actually, Max actually, Max. actually, a really good co-main event here. Welterweight division, Shafkat Rachmano taking on Neil Magny. And we got Shafkat, huge favorite, minus 450. Magny, plus 350 on the comeback. And, you know, I've got a lot of thoughts about this fight. Don't got a lot of bets, but got a lot of thoughts. Um, you know, I mean, so right off the bat, the Shafkat is... Minus 450 here, which is a bigger favorite than he was in both of his past two fights against uh, Harris and against um, 
what uh, what's the the truck uh Prezeris. um so you know based on that alone like he's he's over 80 percent against neil magny who has ever over 80 percent against neil magny has has he ever been this much of an underdog in his entire career um I, I don't think so i mean kelvin gastelum was the last time he was even this close to a big of an underdog and this guy just makes fights close he's such a weasel like ozzy likes to say this guy is so good in decisions 16 and 2 in decisions in lifetime and you know he's just really good i mean at, at, at lulling these guys into clinch fights and to scrappy decisions and how many times has neil magny lost round one got hurt loses round one and then he comes back in round two and just pushes the guys against the cage knees them somehow pulls back two rounds and squeaks out a 29 20 this guy does it all the time and i think that that's you know very live to happen here uh Shafkot obviously looks like a really good talent um, he, he has, you know, flashy striking, uh, you know, crazy kicks, uh, nasty ground and pound. His ground and pound is his best uh, attribute, I'd say. Um, but he does have those big, you know, big actions. He goes for those spinning back kicks or these, you know, these big type of, uh, strikes to p- pull off a crazy finish. What happens if that doesn't work? And we see him extended in the later rounds. Are we really sure that Shavkat has good, like fundamental offense? Does he have a jab? Does he have the uh, you know the output to throw 60 strikes around we haven't really seen that we've seen him have really one-sided fights in the ufc so far the only the biggest test that we've seen him you know face is getting pushed against the cage by ox Oliveira, pushed against the cage against carlton harris like we have seen him get held against the cage uh, and what is Neil Magny great at? Pushing guys against the cage, making the fight boring, and you know just slowing the fight down to a grinding halt. And I think that that's a real possibility here. Now, uh, Magny is known for kind of starting slow, losing round one. So I'm not sure if I'm if I'm willing to enter in on Magny before the fight, or maybe I should just wait to see a few minutes because uh, Magny did get dropped by Max Griffin in his last fight. So it's possible that Shavkat touches the chin early, finishes him, and you know maybe waiting to live bet you can avoid some of that early and. Finish finished exposure from Rachmanov but man I think outside of round one this fight's going to get real competitive especially when you consider Rachmanov only been in round three one time never been to the decision uh, hasn't been uh, past one and a half rounds in almost three years so I mean the guy's good he's he's you know being he He's running through people. He's finishing people. Kind of similar to, to Chimaya, but this is a really big test, a big step up from uh, Carlton Harris. And I'm not sure Rachmanov deserves this over 80% here versus Neil Magny. So no chance on parlaying or betting Shafkot in any fashion. And, uh, you know, I'm honestly hoping for, for Neil Magny to pull off the upset here. Your turn, Ozzy. What are we thinking? Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Uh yeah, I mean I think Shave Cat Shave Cat is uh is that knock Neil Magny the fuck out, his narrow ass. Yeah, I know you're you know, good point on the spinning back attacks. You know, it's hard to land a spinning back attack back kick on a fucking narrow pole like uh Neil Magny uh is. But I think it's gonna land. Um, you know, Neil Magny, he's actually kinda like Carl similar to Carlson Harris, right? I mean, it's kinda like a similar analog fight here. Um, between those guys, I mean, Neil Magny, the, the problem with him is, like, in space, he's just so bad. Like, it's funny because he's so tall, but he just, he he does not know how to gauge distance early, and that's why he gets landed on. Um, and he just is able to hold a steadier pace. So, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be funny. I'm trying to envision it in my head, um, you know, with the model and stuff on how, uh, 
Bagley's going to be fucking chipping away and knee and shaved cat, you know, in the second and third rounds. But I can't see it, man. I don't see it. Like, uh, shaved cat, I've told you multiple times, these Kazakhstan guys, they're insanely strong. And I just think that he's going to fucking twist Neil Magny up, beat his ass, punch him. Like, I think he's knocking him out. I think it's going to be a bad knockout. I I think it is actually going to come from ground and pound. This one in particular, because Neil Magny, low key, like, you remember, people forget. Neil Magny pulled guard on Robbie Lawler in the third round. People forget. People really for that's a detail people really do forget. And he did that out of fear because this guy Robbie was coming for his fucking head. And that shit's gonna happen here, dude. Like a shaved cat is knocking Neil Magny unconscious. He is separating. Him I don't know from his senses. With, I'm telling with, you right with what now. kind of straight? What, what do you think he's gonna drop him with? A hands. I have not been remotely impressed with Shavkat's boxing. I really don't no, think it's anything you, special. Okay. But well, then again, Max ever, Griffin. Have you ever looked at Neil Magny's uh, defense? Yeah, that that is a point. That is a, a take true. Take a look at that. But like, so, he, yeah, I mean, like, what about Jeff Neal, bro? He he survived. Jeff Neal is certainly a better Barely, boxer. Dude, he was getting hit clean, dude. Yeah, but he's got this Easy. way, bro. He's got this way of of absorbing oh, dude, it. His way is he's going down. The odds are right. Um, what about so you betting Shavkat KO? No, it's only plus one. If someone nuked it, it was 210. But that is his side. I'll tell you right now. Shaved Cat KO is his side. I'm not going to bet it. But, I mean, I actually like the Bado fight more than this one. But, yeah, we could go to the main event. Um, I think I will wait to lie bet. Because I think Neil's going to go through a tough round one. But I really hope he's certain. Bro, wouldn't, wouldn't it be ideal to get plus 600 on Magni? He, he gets dropped. He gets nearly finished. Shavkat goes for the finish. He tires down. 600 in between rounds. And Magni pulls off another Yeah, I mean, Magni. the guy's, what, 14 and 1 in decisions? Or no, 16 and, 16 and 2. Yeah, he's insane. 16 and 2. Um, all right, main event time. Fucking banger of a lightweight fight. Uh, we got two of Europe's finest, Armand Sarukian, taking on Mateusz, the gamer Gamrot, minus 280 for Sarukian, plus 240 for Gamrot. Ozzy, I'm, I'm uh, glad you're going first. Interested to hear your thoughts in this high-level fight. Great fight that they put together here. Um, you know, obviously, Armand is a force of nature. I mean, the guy's just been impressing me. Uh, I think, you know, from the beginning, you know, from the, um, obviously, the Islam fight, but into the OAM fight uh into the davi ramos fight where he takes on uh you know a guy in davi ramos power power puncher jujitsu guy you know is able to show his um i mean really showed his boxing and his kickboxing and movement in that fight and you know his ability to be able to to, to uh, take guys down and stay on top of them uh and it was just very impressive to me and then his recent fights i mean he's shown that he's an absolute killer you know the i, I love the kick counter um that he landed on um on, on Yago, so similar to like what Yanez and you know Masvidal and those guys do, right? You throw a left body kick at him or at them, you know, and they're answering with that left hook, right cross. And I mean, he didn't even need the left, uh, the right cross to to put um, Yago's lights out. But I mean, this is a very interesting fight to me because of the five round aspect of it, and because of how what I've seen from the ground and pound and the just overall power in the hands of Armin. Because I mean. You know, when I'm looking at Gamrot's strikes, like he's not a guy who's really gonna dominate the striking. I, I think at any like ever against most people, not even just good strikers. So, but he'll take opportunities. Like he'll he he knows the angles that he's looking for. 
what, where, how he's looking to land his uh, his right cross and his punches. You know, he can fight from both stances, but he's really looking to get takedowns uh, overall later on, um, and then and then work from there. And Armin, I would say, is a stronger defensive wrestler than offensive wrestler. Like, I don't see Armin taking down Gamrot unless Gamrot is very fatigued. But I can see Gamrot taking Armin down, um, especially later on in the fight as well. Because Gamrot, I mean, his conditioning is very good. And Armin, I mean, you know, he hasn't shown any faults in his car- cardio. But, I mean, the guy, you see his physique is huge. Like, this guy's massive. Like, I just have doubts on the pace. And just, uh, Gamrot's just such a cerebral fighter. He's so smart. Um, he's been in wars. He's been in, you know, five-round fights. He's, you know, been in, you know, fights at range. Like, he's gotten his his striking a lot better also. So, I mean, I'm leaning towards the Gamrot side. You know, I do think that Armin probably does win this fight, though, just because, like I said, his offense is more potent. I think his defensive wrestling is is pretty good. And, and yeah, he's got a great kick game as well. So I just think he has more tools to use right away. But I will be looking at a, to get in on Gamrot Live. And I think that I have to play the over because I just don't see, like, Armin, like, I don't, like, if Armin is looking for fight-ending sequences like i just don't i don't think a prolonged like something like the joel Alvarez fight is able to happen here like just gamron's is way too good on the ground um and way too good of a wrestler grappler overall um so i'm just having a hard time seeing how the favorite here is finishing at that high of a clip so inherently i have to say the over and the goes a distance has to have value yeah, I'm in agreement with there about the 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 goes the distance the over. I do really do see it going over. I mean, I would say that uh, Sarukin is the slightly more likely one to finish inside the distance, but I still don't think the the fight ending by finish is like more than forty percent here. So I think the goes the distance is definitely the side to be on. Um, but like I was saying earlier, when I think these goes the distances are ten percent off or something, I'm usually uh, you know what is the phrase like eating my hat or something, whatever the fuck. Um, but I actually slightly disagree with your assessment of the, of the wrestling dynamic here, Ozzy, because I think, um, I, Taruki and I think is uh, a really good offensive wrestler. Both are really good offensive wrestlers. Um, but like, where have we seen Gamrot defend takedowns? He's, he's really not, I don't know if there's any footage out there of guys defend or shooting takedowns on him. You might have to go to like some of his jujitsu matches to see, his wrestling uh, defense, but it's not exactly relevant just because it's such a different sport. Um, so like there, there's proof out there of Tarukin's takedown defense. We saw uh, he had really good balance. It was tough to take down versus Islam. Um, so I feel like I don't think Gamera is going to be a bad defensive wrestler and grappler. I just think that he is less proven in terms of defending takedowns. So if anybody is, is hitting more takedowns here, I do expect it to be Armin. And what I like about Armin's grappling is that I see, I think he has much, much higher upside for controlling the fight once it hits the floor. And that's why I think it's tough to pick against him in this fight. Uh, that is Armin, because when he gets the fight on the floor, his chances of actually establishing that control and keeping that control are much, much higher than Gamrot's. And Gamrot's top game is just not really there yet. I mean, I don't know uh, if it'll ever be there, but he, he gets takedowns on guys. He just doesn't keep them down. 
but uh, that that evidence is mostly from two fights in the UFC against two really good defensive grapplers, Carlos Diego Ferreira and Garam Kudaladze. So maybe I'm being harsh on Gamera. Maybe he does have better top game than than I give him credit for. But uh, with Tarukian's like scramble game and his, his the way he defended those takedowns versus Islam, I, I don't see him getting held down here for long stretches. Uh, while I do see a possibility of Sarukin getting that control, uh, getting that uh, that body lock against the cage. He loves kind of grinding fights out against the cage. The Frivola fight, he did a lot of that. And, I mean, his cardio looked phenomenal in that Frivola fight. I mean, that was a high-paced grappling fight. Frivola got up from a lot of takedowns. And every time, uh, Armin was there to just drag him right back down. I mean, he was suplexing him in the third round there. So I see no reason to doubt Armand's cardio. But the cardio dynamic here, you would think maybe or should favor Gamrot because he's the one who has five round experience. He's been scheduled for five rounds four times. He's actually won unanimous decisions five rounds twice, and he has a finish in the fourth round too. So this guy's been in those deep waters while we haven't seen Armin in round four and five at all. Now, talking about the striking in this fight, I think it's going to be really close between these guys because I'm not super impressed with Armin's uh, striking, honestly. I think uh, his defense especially leaves a lot to be desired, and I think our, uh, Gamron is the much more comfortable fighter in a striking fight. We saw Matt Fervola come on strong and land some big punches on Sarukin at the end of round one, and it seemed like Sarukin didn't really want to mess around with uh, the striking much more. He, he looked a little spooked versus Fervola, and uh, same with uh, OAM in their fight. He landed some really good strikes from the southpaw stance, some good knees and kicks uh, from the southpaw stance. And he actually won a round off of Armand uh, in the striking in that fight. So I think the, the striking is really even, maybe even a slight advantage to Cameron here. So, I mean, Armand is going to need those takedowns. He's going to need that control time to win. Uh, while uh, I think Gamrot, um, you know, could win the fight purely striking, or he could possibly uh, get up from those takedowns. You like Gamrot striking better than... Armin's? I do, I do actually. Yeah, I think I think the, I, I like the way he switches stances. I he I think he's comfortable boxing from both stances. Oh, no. Um, and I think yeah, I mean Armand, bro. I mean, he, like I said, he's outstruck uh Iagos. He outstruck Davi Hamos, but he had trouble with Frivola. He had trouble with OAM. I'm not. I, I haven't seen. I feel like when they're fresh, that Armin striking is superior for sure. I don't know, man. I, I, I really, I like, I think Gamron like is He throws really combinations. Strong. He throws high kicks with the combinations. Like, that's Gamron true. But Gamron really does, Gamron's got much. a decent body kick. And, you know, I think the switching stances will kind of confuse Armand here. And when Gamron gets going and flowing from that boxing stance, I mean, I think he, he's, I think he's the better boxer. Um, a lot more, I trust his defense a lot better too. A lot of it has to do with defense. Um, so, I mean, it, this is a great matchup. Uh, both guys, uh, you know, they maybe shouldn't have been fighting each other too soon. Like maybe they could have gotten another, you know, big buildup fight before getting to this one. Uh, but man, what a matchup. I think the odds are wide here. I don't put Armand at nearly 75%. I think maybe, um, I don't know, 68, 70% is a little more accurate. Uh, but I, I hope Gamrot wins. I don't want another control grappler 155. We had Khabib. We have Islam now. Um, I don't want another guy who is taking people down and holding them down. We don't need that in this division. Uh, so I'm cheering for Gamrot, the gamer. I hope he can come through as the dog. Not going to really have any bets on the money lines, I think. Uh, looking to live bet, obviously. And I, I agree with Ozzy with the over that goes the distance. Uh, I think those are the sides to be on. 
And uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for the podcast. Actually, you know, goes the or starts round five is probably the better line at minus one twenty eight. Um, so that's probably the, a good line for the fight. That'll do it though for this podcast. Good, good fight night card. Um, we talked for a good amount about some of these fights. Um, that means it's time for our best bet parlay of the week, Ozzy. You've been winning yours lately. I haven't been winning mine. Actually, I think we're we've been both trading back and forth. Um, we haven't hit one collectively in a while though, so we need a fucking winner this week. You got a winner? Yeah, I got Sergey Morozov money line mm, winner. That's a good one. Um, all right, I gotta think about my my winner here. Um, hmm, I'm gonna go with the over in the Mario Bautista and Kelleher fight. This is I, this might be the first time, Ozzy, that I'm picking the over and you're going with the money line. It's usually the opposite way around. But if you parlay the two of them on bet online right now, minus 135 and minus 132, that comes out to plus 206. So that'll be our best. Morozov money line, Bautista up. Kelleher over two and a half. I like a lot of overs this week, honestly. I think, you know, it's going to be kind of the opposite of last card. We're going to get a lot of decisions. And uh, let's hope the reads are on point because we've been we've been kind of struggling lately. Um, we got to get a big week here. So uh, thanks to everyone for listening. As always, Ozzy, any closing thoughts? Nope. Nope. Gemini season is over. Uh, we need we need a new we need some more narratives coming through for us. And uh, we got to turn this we got to turn this around. We were having a little bit of a, a rut here on the Martian and Ozzy podcast, but still giving a hard hitting analysis as always still producing uh, what I think is an entertaining podcast. Let's hope so. Let, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to keep uh, liking and subscribing to all of our channels and uh, we'll see you all before the next UFC next week. Peace out, everyone.